This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. A devastating day for former Speaker Kevin McCarthy, uh, who told reporters that the 15 rounds he went through of balloting in January uh, taught him how to govern. Apparently, not so much. Uh, Jake Tapra, another Democrat agent on cable television pretending to be a journalist. Bom, 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 bom. All right, so many, so many things to get to. On Morning Joke this morning. On Morning Joke. On MSDNC. They had uh, the radical James Clyburn on. And it was the usual, you know, circle fest. uh, That is DNC TV. And amazingly, they, uh, they have the radical left. That's to say the Democrat Party has a recommendation for who should be speaker. A, you know, other than a Democrat radical bomb thrower, Molotov cocktail making, uh, you know, uh, child uh, genital mutilating lunatic, you know, a typical Democrat. They say um, uh, James Clyburn and the Circle Fest at MSDNC said that it should be Republican Congressman Tom Cole from Oklahoma. So if James Clyburn and uh, Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski think that the speaker should be Tom Cole, the representative from Oklahoma, uh, then obviously he's out of the running. So he's done. He's toast. Thanks for the recommendation, MSDNC. So there are people on both sides that could do this. I think that um, uh, their leader, uh, I know he's having some health problems, uh, but Steve Scalise uh, is a great guy. Uh, I think Mm -hmm. that um, Cole uh, would be a a sort of uh, uh, the kind of tone that we would like to see. The kind of tone that we would like to see. I'm sorry, what? Could you say that again? I got to tell you, uh, we live in an idiocracy. Uh, It's an extraordinary thing. So that means Tom Cole is out. Scratch his name off the list. He's being recommended by senior Democrats in the House. So uh, his bid is over. The uh, names currently in the hopper include Jim Jordan. I mentioned uh, Jim Jordan. He has thrown his hat into the ring and not recommended by James Clyburn or MSDNC. Steve Scalise, of course, we have uh, talked about. In addition to Scalise and Jim Jordan, Tom Emmer, Tom Emmer, E-M-M-E-R, House member, Patrick McHenry. Now, Patrick McHenry is the one who is the acting speaker who's kicking Nancy Pelosi out of her her extra office uh, in the Capitol as though she's like the retired pope or something. Kevin Hearn, Kevin Hearn, uh, his name is being floated. Mike Johnson, 
Uh, now, the radical left-wing extremists are, of course, floating the radical uh, left-wing terrorist uh, Hakeem Jeffries. I'm just matching their rhetoric. I'm just using the same rhetoric. Uh, also, you know, you don't have to be a member of Congress to be the Speaker of the House. Right? I could become the Speaker. Michael Piercy could be named the Speaker of the House, and then he'd be Speaker of the House. Because you don't have to be an elected official. You don't have to be a member of the House. It's an interesting constitutional rule. And so other names, uh, now the leftist are you know, Hakeem Jeffries. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Because Fidel Castro died. Otherwise, the Democrats might suggest him. Lee Zeldin, Lee Zeldin from New York, um, who should be the governor there, but isn't as a speaker. Jody Arrington, Jody Arrington is a name that's being floated, don't know, floated, don't know him. And uh, Mike Johnson, did I say Mike Johnson? I don't think so. And then, of course, Donald Trump. Donald Trump's name is being floated, and that would be a riot. I've got to say, that would be a ton of fun. Stuff would get done real quick. It'd be uh, All the networks would cancel all their programming. The View is canceled today, so we can carry President Trump as Speaker of the House, having taken over the House of Representatives, and you know, then legislation would start moving, I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. I'm telling you. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, Donald Trump, and and it is actually being recommended um, by at least one member of the House of Representatives. Elise Stefanik is uh, her name is being floated, and I like her. I like her very much. Elise Stefanik. Um, also, Byron Donalds. Uh, yesterday afternoon, Kevin threw his name into the hopper. And our uh, text thread, and I say, yeah, Byron Donalds, absolutely. His name should be, his name should be in there, no doubt about it. Right, it is Mailbag Day. It's Mailbag Day. Wednesday is Mailbag Day. It's uh, Hump Day in the Clinton household, and Hillary has to get out of the house because you know Bill gets it to himself on Hump Day. And uh, traditionally, it's a Clinton family tradition on Wednesday mornings. Hillary Clinton wakes up uh, face down on the kitchen floor in a pool of her own dried vomit with an empty cardboard box of cheap New Zealand Chardonnay next to her because, you know, that's uh, part of their thing. And then the Energizer comes over, Secret Service, just leave. They got their own code words for that stuff, you know. But but here it's mailbag day. So let me get to, we're a little short on time today, but I got to get to the mailbag here because it's Wednesday. Abigail, Abigail asks... It's kind of like taking calls, but a little bit different. Abigail asks, who would you like to be speaker? Who would you like to be speaker? Uh, I've got to say, I think uh, Steve Scalise and, and one of our friends earlier said it. He's literally taken a bullet for the team. He is battling cancer, but I believe that he's in a very good place now uh, when it comes to his medical treatments, thanks to the patriarchy that the Democrats despise so much. But I've, uh, if I were to pick from the, the names in front of me, I've got to say Steve Scalise, uh, Jim Jordan, I think would be a, uh, a, a very definite prospect. And, and really, Donald Trump, now he's busy with a lot of stuff, but he's a guy who never stops. And if Donald Trump say, hey, make me speaker, and they'd actually vote for him and make him speaker, that would be, that would be a time to remember in American history. That would be extraordinary. I would assume that he would say no, thank you, but it is a um, 
An extraordinary thing to consider. There is no doubt about that. Kind of fun. Next, Devil Dog 0231 asks, Why do the left and the media, but I repeat myself, that's what he wrote. He wrote it right here. Why do the left and the media, comma, but I repeat myself, comma, refuse to consider RFK Jr. as a viable alternative to old Puddinhead, forcing him to turn third party? Now, that's a, that's a good and fair question. And you're right when it comes to the left and the media, but you repeat yourself. The, the answer to that question, I believe, is that the Democrats have locked in with uh, old Puddinhead, uh, with uh, Joe Biden, because he's their sock puppet and he's in the White House and Barack Obama and these radicals are behind the scene dictating the open borders and destroy the economy and the energy sector and education and gender and uh, create racial conflict and more crime and mayhem in the cities. You know, uh, that's Barack Obama and the left behind the curtain destroying the world because that is their stated mission and they're not on our side. But why did the left and the media, but I repeat myself, refuse to consider RFK? Um, The reason is they're protecting Joe Biden. They're protecting their corporate brand, which is the left running the Democrat Party with a sock puppet front man in the form of Joe Biden in the White House and another clam head over there, uh, the vice president of the United States, waiting in line. It's just to protect the party. And RFK, he upsets the apple cart. He doesn't sing from the sheet music. You know, the Kennedy family, obviously, you know, Democrat Party, two of them talk about taking a bullet for the team. You know, his father, RFK Sr., of course, shot in the head by Sirhan Sirhan and killed. And his uncle, John F. Kennedy, uh, shot in the head by a communist and killed or by the CIA. You know, they still won't release those documents. They should really release those documents. But it's just to protect the brand, uh, Devil Dog. And, and um, you know, it's they don't want anybody up because they know he's fragile, Joe Biden. He's brittle, and he's, uh, his poll numbers are bad. And they think that RFK jumping in will be detrimental to the Democrat Party, and the media protects the Democrat Party, and, and they are the left. So as uh, you so correctly pointed out. Amazing stuff. So it's protecting the party, protecting the brand, uh, so they can continue to destroy Western civilization by going after what the left considers to be the head of the snake, just like the Ayatollahs and the radical uh, Islamists believe that we're the head of the snake and the left is after us. And uh, Joe Biden and behind the curtain, Barack Obama, are uh, making great progress in destroying Western civilization. RFK could be a speed bump. Um, also, you know, the Biden people won't give him secret service protection because that intimidates him and terrorizes him. And the left are a bunch of terrorist murderers, just like the terrorist suicide attacker murderer that shot Congressman Steve Scalise on the baseball field. Another Democrat suicide attack. <clears throat> yeah, just protecting the brand and fragile, brittle Joe Biden. Jim in Beaver Dam, Virginia. I don't think I've ever been to Beaver Dam, Virginia, but I want to go there because it's called Beaver Dam, Virginia. Jim in Beaver Dam, Virginia, you have successfully expanded on the old phrase, friendly fire isn't. It's true, I I have, and I 
It's a phrase I picked up my 10 years at the Pentagon, of course, when there were lots and lots of combat operations everywhere you look. The Democrat Party isn't. See, it's the Democratic Party isn't. He's quoting me back to myself here. The Democratic Party isn't. Can we add to that? Reproductive health isn't. We most certainly can. That is a corrupt, dishonest, deceptive euphemism that the left likes to use when they're talking about aborting tens of millions of helpless little children just struggling to be born. And the left, you know, they love killing. So uh, that's uh, part of their program. And uh, yeah, reproductive health is, and I'm going to thank you, Jim, in Beaver Dam, Virginia. I'm going to add that to my list because it's true. Friendly fire isn't was the uh, the original. And then uh, we uh, added the Democratic Party isn't. See, the Democratic Party isn't Democratic. Common sense isn't. Common courtesy isn't, right? There are, uh, there are a lot of them. Um, and reproductive health isn't. It isn't reproductive health at all. It's organ harvesting, and it does exterminate nearly half the black population in the United States of America, and the Democrats give out awards for that because they're the party of slavery and the Confederate States of America. Fred asks, would you serve as Speaker of the House if you were drafted? And we were just talking about President Trump and others from outside of Congress being drafted to be Speaker of the House. Um, I don't think it's very likely, but if I... If, uh, if uh, you know, there were a, a cry, a call, it's got to be Chris Plant, a Speaker of the House, I would naturally say yes, um, and I would serve less than one term. I would serve less than one term, but I could get a lot of stuff done, and I could, uh, I could teach them uh, how to message and how to pound the table and how to get stuff done for, uh, for a period of time. But I think almost anybody could teach him that. Uh, yes, yes, I would. I certainly would. It would be a great honor. And I know I could get some stuff done and, and, and set an example on uh, certain things. I think I could. Michael asks, what was the scariest day of your career at CNN? Surely you were in some dangerous situations while reporting as Pentagon correspondent. Um, scariest day. I, uh, I don't, you know, I've never really thought about it quite like that um, because um, I, um, I, I don't want to say I don't scare easily, but I don't recall being scared. You know, being on Sniper Alley in Sarajevo and downtown Sarajevo, uh, flying in uh, Marine Corps helicopters and, uh, um, well, you know, Saudi Arabia. I was never scared in Saudi Arabia, being up on the border with the first Marines at Kafji. Uh, before the invasion of Iraq. Um, and uh, gosh, scariest day. You know, jumping out of airplanes a couple of times, but we had parachutes, so it wasn't uh, very scary. Flying fighter jets, landing on aircraft carriers, none of that stuff ever uh, scared me. Being in a submarine, a nuclear attack submarine, I, uh, you know, I guess, you know, there was, there was still, I wasn't around, I was a Pentagon reporter, more than a war correspondent. So I wasn't in the, in the hot stuff most of the time. You know, uh, Task Force Eagle and Tuzla and in Bosnia, there were still people shooting each other and snipers and all that stuff. Um, but I was comfortable as long as the troops around me were comfortable. And I wasn't, uh, I can't really recall. I think there are days in Washington, D.C. that might have been, uh, might have been scarier than, than uh, Bosnia. 
<laughs> and Saudi Arabia didn't. I was only there for Desert Shield and not Desert Storm. Then I was back at the Pentagon for that. So uh, not a lot of not a lot of security stuff. I've got to say. It's a fun question. I'm going to think about that though. I'm going to think about it. Hmm. You know Hillary Clinton doing corkscrew landings under sniper fire. Remember, and then the video emerged of her accepting flowers from a little girl uh, there on the tarmac while everybody waved. That's uh, you know. I was again. It's different being a Pentagon correspondent than it is being a war correspondent. Different different roles. I've got one more. I'm going to try to get to one more mailbag, but I'm running out the clock on myself. You know that CBDs are everywhere. CBD, they're putting CBD in everything now. And my friends at Generic CBD have infused it into their number one best-selling deep penetrating muscle and joint cream. And let me tell you, this stuff is amazing. Check out the reviews online. Everybody loves this stuff. Melts right into your knees, your elbows, your shoulder, your back, especially your stiff hands, your fingers, your knuckles. Goes to work in a matter of seconds. And even my best girl says, you know, it's a really great moisturizer, too. It's right there on the on the thing. And the company is called GenericCBD.com. You've heard me talk about them before. They sell premium CBD products for less cash. And right now, you can try their muscle and joint cream for free. For free, I'm telling you. You pay $2.95 for the shipping and handling, but it's not a subscription and there are no strings attached. They just want you to try it because they know you're going to love it. You're going to get more for yourself and for your mom and for your best girl and for, you know, people at work. It's genericcbd.com. That's G-E-N-E-R-I-C-C-B-D.com. Genericcbd.com. These products and statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, prevent any disease or illness. Bam, on bam. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I tend to think everything is exciting and, uh, you know, kind of fun. Hey, it's Chris Plant, excited to tell you about our July 2024 Listener Sea Cruise. We'll be sailing around the British Isles, visiting Scotland and Ireland. Please join us. Book by this July 31st for extra savings. Visit chrisplantcruise.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Now, uh, scariest day, scariest day at CNN. Uh, Maureen reminded me, well, you were at the Pentagon on 9-11, and that's true. I was pulling into the north parking lot when the airplane hit the building. And then I did almost get shot to death by one of the Pentagon police officers who had me do the hokey pokey and get out of my Lincoln townhouse and stuff. But I wasn't actually afraid. I was doing jokes uh, when he was holding the gun on me. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about 
how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything wherever you listen. Yes, uh, scariest day at CNN. Yes, Maureen, I didn't even think of it, scariest day at CNN. I was just thinking about overseas. But uh, being assigned to the Pentagon at that time, my office was in the Pentagon and arriving in the north parking lot in my Lincoln townhouse. Dark blue, gray interior, very nice. And and the plane hit the uh, building coming in from the west. And uh, I raced up to a... Uh, guard shack, you know, a Pentagon police guard shack, um, where normally there is a guy there, you know, Sergeant Sawyer, who I'd talk to every day and say hello. And and, um, and I uh, raced up there and kind of screeched to a halt and hopped out of my car, started jogging uh, toward him. And I had a business suit on and a tie, and I had a headset on with a wire going down my side to my cell phone, a folding Motorola cell phone on my belt on a, on a clip. And as I was jogging up, uh, dude jumped out, and it was not the normal uh, Pentagon police officer who would have been in the booth that day. Um, and and uh, he pulled out his pistol and uh, bore down on me and had me, you know, uh, hands up, put your hands in your head, put your hands in the back of your neck, put your hands on the roof of your car, uh, turn to the left, uh, turn to the right, spin to the right, face me. And I said, do the hokey pokey and turn it all about. And uh, then he uh, barked at me a little bit. Um, and everybody was on edge. It was September 11th and uh, a lot going on. That was a moment. But uh, honestly, I, I wasn't, uh, my heart rate might have picked up for just a minute. And then I got back in my car, drove around to the other side of the building on Route 27 where the plane had crashed in and talked to a cab driver there who had a, his, uh, he had a Lincoln townhouse too. And the uh, uh, plane had sheared off a, a street light which smashed into the hood of his car, and he was very angry. Uh, he was Somali or Eritrean, and I talked to him for a minute about what he saw. Then I knocked on the hood of his car like that twice, and I said, well, I hope your insurance covers terrorism. And uh, and then I got to work, and I went jogging up to, to go into the hole in the wall to, um, you know, see what I could do to help. It was uh, moments after, and a... Uh, a uh, U.S. Army guy in uh, civilian clothes stopped me and said, do you have any medical trial? Are you an EMT? Are you, uh, you know, uh, and I said, no, I'm not. And he said, well, listen, if you're not, if you don't have medical training, uh, you should probably just stay out of the way. So I stayed out of the way. And I kept calling in to CNN to talk to them about what was going on there. But I've got to say, I was busy and focused on what I was doing. And, and uh, I wasn't afraid. I was angry. I was angry. Yes, I know it's a Lincoln town car. I always called it the townhouse because it was so huge. With a five-tony trunk. I, uh, of course, it's a town car. But it's, it was a giant, uh, still are, uh, you know, the old ones anyway. 1997 uh, Lincoln town car. But I called it the townhouse because, you know, people could live in it. It was big, big car. And uh, Brian says that uh, the uh, my scariest day at CNN was... I uh, walked into the makeup room, and there was Judy Woodruff without makeup. I was that might have been the might have been the scariest thing. Mm, 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 mm. 
the townhouse. Come on, come on, keep up. All right, let's uh, let's uh, go. Oh, and I do have one uh, last from uh, from Helen in uh, where from uh, Charlottesville, South Carolina, Charlottesville, and um, and also from Cathead Creek. And uh, Helen says, uh, question for uh, CNN and Chris: Would you take over as CEO of CNN to save it? If asked to do so, that's uh, kind of a funny. I don't think it's. Uh, but what would you do to uh, revitalize CNN? To revitalize it, how would you clean house? You'd really have to clean house and start over again. And I, I think it'd be hard to find enough people to to staff it. Uh, or is it a sinking ship that can't be saved? I'd say, really, Helen. The uh, the the truthful answer and the easy answer is. It's uh, it's already sunk, I think, honestly. They, um, I was reading their ratings the other day. They have uh, in the daytime eighty eight thousand viewers in the in the demo, as they say, eighty eight thousand viewers. So like one college stadium of viewers for CNN. Uh, that's sad and pathetic, and it's all run by Democrat Party apparatchiks. Um, and uh, I, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's salvageable. I don't think it can be saved. It'd be very frustrating if they, you know, give me say fifty million dollars and and said you can do whatever you want. Uh, it'd it'd uh, be really really hard to get rid of Jake Tapper and Jim Shuto and Dana Bash and bring in people that were straight news people, which are hard to find. That'd be a real challenge. All right, let's uh, let's see. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Man, oh, Manischewitz. Um, so little time and so much to talk about. Let's, uh, let's take a call because I haven't gone to a call in a little while with all of the things going on today. And, uh, there's still plenty to get to plenty to get to. Let's go to George calling from Chattanooga, Tennessee. George, you're on the Chris Plant show. Hi there. How you doing? Hey George. I'm great. What do you say? Uh, well, I was uh, listening to you talk about, uh, uh, Bosnia and stuff like that, and uh, back in the day, uh-huh. and uh, made me call. I was I have a background as a B fifty two navigator, active duty, but I got out and then went back in the reserves later, flying C one thirties, and uh, I was serving as an intel officer. Uh, it was about nineteen ninety three ish, but they needed uh, observers to go because they were resupplying the uh, the uh, Bosnians up in the hills of uh, Yugoslavia. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we would take uh, we would take pallets of stuff down there and fly across the Alps and go across split and land. Uh, but they'd also do these nighttime missions where um, because they blocked all the roads into the mountains because they were trying to starve them out. Um, we would airdrop stuff, but it was not in the traditional palletized, you know, with a parachute and everything because. The pallets would be lost because the Bosnians wouldn't let you, or the uh, Yugoslavs wouldn't let you go in and collect them again. Uh-huh. So they were doing this by, they had big cardboard boxes that are about four by four and about three feet high, no tops, no lids, and they were full of MREs. And they would just, they'd take like five boxes of this at a time, and they would literally just have them run out of the back of the airplane and tumble, and then the Bosnians would go pick up all these MREs on the ground. 
That's how they're resupplying. That's yeah. how they're resupplying the Bosnians with food. Yeah, the Serbs wouldn't let you bring uh, food in because it's an old-fashioned yeah. Eastern European Soviet-style thing, communist thing, where you starve yeah. out your enemies and. And, uh, you know, they, the Soviets did that in Ukraine endlessly. We also uh, did that uh, Operation Crush a Kurd in northern Iraq when the, the Kurds were being starved out by, by uh, Saddam Hussein. Yeah, um, right. we, had, uh, we were bringing in and uh, dropping tons and tons of MREs and, and, it was, uh, and pallets of uh, food. And there were lots of tragedies when pallets would drop on the Kurds and they'd run underneath them yeah. and be crushed by them. It was... Uh, it was a crazy thing. It's a crazy world out there. It's a, you know, it was always great to be an American uh, because we could see the rest of the world was mad and, and we were not. But now we've yeah. gone mad too, haven't we, George? Well, it is a little distressing. You're, you're quite right about that. Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, B-52, NAV, huh? Angelo. I, uh, yeah, H-models, the ones that are still flying. That's right. Yeah, when they they're, came online they're, and like... They're, they're, 1960? 1960-61. Yeah. Yeah, the H models were 1960-61, and they're probably going to go to 2040. And if they re-engine them again, there's talk about taking them to 2060, in which case they'll be 100 years old before they retire. Wow. Amazing. Isn't that amazing? A Boeing aircraft. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember the yeah. wingspan of a B-52. The B-52 wingspan is 185 feet. Yeah. I've got it's, trivia, uh, all this trivia well, tucked away in my head. What, yeah, what a lot of people don't know is the uh, compared to on the ground, when you get up airborne, the wingtips on the buff actually go up 14 feet. Right, they flap like bird wings. Flex. Yep, they flap up and down <laughs> with uh, four engines uh, under each wing. Um, yeah, the B-52. Yeah, eight, all, eight all together, yep. Crazy, right. man, crazy. Great airplane. I actually got certified to fly in the B-52 during the uh, Iraq uh, post-9-11 thing at Andrews. Uh, I went in and did the, the altitude testing and all that good stuff to get certified. But then I never got to go on a B-52 mission, which is a great disappointment. Got to tell you. They were fun. It was, it was uh, very interesting. You know, of course, I did it in the uh, era of the Soviet Union. So, you know, you'd fly your low-level routes at like 350 feet off the ground. Wow. And uh, it was it was. Uh, interesting. Let's yeah, it was that interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, anyway. Beautiful. Well, thank you for calling in, George. Saluting you, my friend. Uh, good stuff. B-52. Uh, Nav, yeah. A 185-foot uh, wingspan. They weigh four. Uh, this, I just remember. I'm not, I'm not looking this up. 488,000 pounds empty, the B-52. This is from uh, memory. A crew of five, an unrefueled range of 5,000 miles uh, when uh, refueling unlimited range. You know, the B-52. Nuclear capable, of course. Don't be silly. All right, let's get back to, uh, let's get back to, thank you, George. God bless you. And the United States Air Force. Let's go to Stephen Miller. He was, uh, he was uh, not, uh, not excited about uh, the, the expulsion of the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy. Stephen Miller of the Trump Organization. Whether you like Kevin, whether you hate Kevin, wherever you fall on Kevin, the reality is that the Republican Party cannot exist as a functional party if just eight members at any point in time can join with all Democrats to eject a Speaker. Well, it was the rule that was created, and uh, it's a crazy place up there, I've got to say. By the way, Vivek Ramaswamy is pushing Donald Trump for Speaker of the House, saying, we need to shake things up. 
That would shake things up. There's no, and it's true, we do need to shake things up. There's no this uh, business as usual status quo stuff uh, should not be acceptable at this late stage. Stephen Miller. If you want to be like the left, if you want to beat the left, if you want to dominate the left, if you want to save the country from the left, you have to learn from them. They operate as a unit. They operate as a team. They find their strength in unity as a block, as a single block. Republicans, everyone acts like it's the model of the U.N. all the time. They're always debating with each other and caucusing and meeting here and meeting there. And they have this idea and that idea. And then someone will randomly jump into a room and scream, balance the budget for no reason at all. They need to focus. Then yell, balance the budget for no reason at all. I, he also suggested that when these omnibus bills come along, uh, that Republicans should just throw everything that they want in there, just like the Democrats do, which seems to me... Uh, is not the correct path. Stephen Miller. You can inject Kevin, and you can replace him with someone else, and then someone else, and then someone else, and then someone else. Here's what I don't hear. I don't hear a plan. I do not hear a proposal. I do not hear a vision to shut down our open border and to stop the Department of Justice from putting innocent Americans in jail for life. These are uh, major issues, to be sure, and uh, controlling the House and you know, also now what's going on. I mean, it's just uh, hitting pause, I assume, on the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden investigations, the impeachment inquiry, Joe Biden. Newt Gingrich uh, knows a thing or two about being Speaker of the House, and he's not at all amused by uh, Matt Gates and what happened yesterday. Why did they think it was better to be two solid, conservative, continuing resolutions? You know why they did it? Because ultimately, Matt Gates, who hates, well, let's be clear, he hates Kevin McCarthy, was determined no about it. to find a way to get to today. Let me be very clear. And I think clear. it's disgraceful, and I hope they expel him from the conference. Well, that's, uh, and, uh, you know, Newt is a uh, serious man, and I have great respect for Newt Gingrich, and his opinion matters, that's for sure. Uh, congressman Corey Mills, Republican Congressman Corey Mills, is one of the people that voted to oust, to expel, to to uh, get rid of Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House, Congressman Corey Mills. The bottom line is, is that uh, Kevin McCarthy knew exactly what the rules were when he came into Speaker. He understood what the motion to vacate would mean. Uh, I do agree with uh, the aid with regards to the things that may have been promised that wasn't delivered. I mean, we did ask for 12 preparation bills by September 30th. That's not a floating holiday. So clearly that's important for us to be able to get that done so we can not only fund the government, but we can defund things like DOJ's weaponized FBI and, and the Jack Smith uh, investigation, things like this. Uh, not a floating holiday, October 1st. That's, uh, that's a pretty good line. Um, and, uh, you know, the FBI, the weaponized FBI being used by the left to target their political enemies and throwing uh, innocent Americans in prison and so on. Congressman Corey Mills, one of the people who voted to get rid of the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy. We were supposed to return to pre-COVID level spending. The whole idea was to cut spending, reform programs, and make sure that we grew our economy. And that really wasn't happening. And here we was on a CR. And remember, I voted no on both CRs. I do not believe in continuing resolutions. I do not believe in sitting an omnibus or an actual minibus across the table. But I think that right now, with the timing, we have 12 appropriation bills to finish within roughly 40 days. This may lead to another CR now that you've got McHenry, who has now adjourned us for a full week. That means no bills come to the floor, no policies come to the floor, the weaponized DOJ stays actually you know, fully funded, our border remains open. 
These are uh, these are serious matters, and um, I would like to see the Republicans get a new speaker and get bills on the floor as quickly as possible. Personally, if this was going to happen, I would rather have seen it happen after this month where we had the schedule to get the appropriation bills done. But now we're at an absolute freeze for the next week until we can actually get a new speaker in place, which what we need is a good, unifying, conservative, constitutionally based speaker who is willing to meet the mission to secure our border and to get our spending under control. Uh, 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 uh. I, uh, you know, keep in mind that uh, Laura Logan points this out, too. Uh, Kevin McCarthy voted for a same-sex marriage, vaccine mandates for the military, $100 billion plus for Ukraine, voted to use Medicare funds uh, for the U.S. Postal Service, drafting women. He voted in favor of the January 6th committee. He voted for D.C. as the 51st state and he voted for amnesty for DACA. You know, the dreamers. Amnesty for the dreamers. That's uh, Kevin McCarthy, part of his record as well. You know, want to be a Republican? Be a Republican. Want to, you know the rest. Hey, do you have odors in your home that you just can't get rid of? Uh, you know, stinky odors. Uh, you can get rid of them all now with the Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier. The thunderstorm gets rid of strong odors from smoking cigarettes and litter boxes and trash cans and even leftists. The thunderstorm starts working in a matter of seconds to clear any room of any odor, and there are no expensive filters to have to schedule and mail away for and replace. You can hold one in your hand, a thunderstorm. Hundreds of thousands of units already sold. Thousands of five-star reviews online. You should check them out for yourself. And this week, I've got a great deal for you to get your own thunderstorms. Because right now, you can save $200 when you buy three Eden Pure thunderstorms for whole home protection. You get three units for under $200. You know what the other guys cost? Just go to EdenPureDeals.com and enter the discount code CHRIS. C-H-R-I-S. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Discount code is Chris, and you get free shipping. All right. uh, Running short on time. Got a bit more coming up. So much to talk about. Stay right there. Now, Congressman Jim Jordan has put out a Dear Colleague letter. Definitely putting his own name into the running here for uh, Speaker of the House. And uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is recommending very strongly President Trump, the only candidate for a speaker I am currently supporting, is President Donald John Trump. President Trump in court today in New York because the Democrat abuses of power targeting their political enemies like the Bolsheviks that they are. President Trump was asked about, hey, you know, there are people talking about you becoming Speaker of the House. What do you think of that? A lot of people have been calling me about speaker. All I can say is we'll do whatever's best for the country and for the Republican would, would Party. Would you take the job? Would you take the job? We have some great, great people. Would you take the job? A lot of people have asked me about it. I'm focused. You know, we're leading. I don't know you. I'm sure you don't read too much in the papers. But we're leading by like 50 points for president. Now, my focus is totally on that. If I can help them during the process, I would do it. But we have some great people in the Republican Party that could do a great job as speaker. uh, President Trump at the courthouse in New York today. He is busy. But he's also Trump. And Marjorie Taylor Greene says he'll end the war in Ukraine, secure the border, end politically weaponized government, make America energy independent. 
you know, all kinds of uh, good stuff. It would be something to see. That's for sure. Who knows what's going to happen next? John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra five to ten. What if I give you 15 to 20? You pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B L E A V on YouTube or wherever you listen.